post-NBA draft. We are back here on the Heart and Hustle podcast. Nick Gronowitz here. Scott Inez is back with me. We're taping this on Monday afternoon after a weekend full of Okiki, Hukiki, Auburn, Who's This Dude? And we're getting ready for NBA Free Agency. Thanks for hanging out, joining us once again here on the podcast. If you are joining us for the first time, welcome to the family. I'm Nick Grunowitz. He is Scott Inez. You can hear us weekdays on ESPN 580 Orlando FM 96.5 HD2. You can follow Scott on Twitter at Inez Says and me at ESPN 580 Nick. Um, And there are somewhere around 30 episodes you can go back to and listen to. Uh, on this podcast, wherever you can find podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever. I got into a conversation with some magic, uh, some listeners to the podcast today about where the best place is to listen to your podcasts. And I'm just basic. I'm the podcast app. It's on my phone. It's there. I'm no frills. But uh, wherever you can find podcasts, you can find us right here on the Heart and Hustle podcast, part of the Orlando Pinstripe Post and SB Nation podcast network uh we got a busy week in front of us because we are six days away from nba free agency starting uh we're gonna start this podcast talking about the number 16 pick in the nba draft that belonged to the magic it is chuma okiki uh who i have to admit i had to go back through and look and remind me as to who exactly he was uh, but he is the new man of the Orlando, uh, the new Orlando Magic draft pick. You will hear a conversation Scott had with with Jeff Weltman uh, on the day that they introduced Chuma Okiki. That was Friday. Coming up a little bit later. But Scott, uh, mm. let's let's kick this thing off. Chuma Huma. Yeah, yeah. I, I, look, I'm I'm in I'm in the same boat as you, and and we talked about it last week, Nick. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't even have the kid on my board. Last week, as we went into the NBA draft, all I had known about Okiki is the fact that he tore his ACL against North Carolina in a game that I was watching in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, we both had it on here in the studio. Exactly. And and after the game, Bruce Pearl, his head coach, starts crying about the kid Okiki who had just torn his ACL. But the more you dig into this, the more you think this is this is what Jeff Weltman does. Like, this is what Jeff Weltman is all about. This man is I mean, Look, you can argue with some of the moves he's made and the picks he's made, but nobody is ever going to argue that Jeff Weltman is not thorough. This man is thorough, and he is as patient as the day is long, as evidenced by the fact that he takes Okiki, who will likely, likely be out the entire season coming up. Do we really think he's going to miss the whole year? I, my, my, my gut is yes. I think Magic fans, I know because they're careful, but I think yeah. Magic fans are overreacting when you look at the whole, we're not going to get a game out of him this season. I mean, the timetable for an ACL is 9, 10 months, which is amazing because this used to be just your career was over. The guy wouldn't have been drafted 15, 20 years ago. Uh, if if you were to torn your ACL, but you know it happens in 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 April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January, December, January, January somewhere, somewhere around there, somewhere in that. I, yeah, right. You yeah. probably get some games Maybe. out of them in March Maybe. or April, end of the season. Could they punt to the next year? Yes. Would that be Weltman Hammond esque? Absolutely. But I also think getting them out there would be something that they would want to do, depending on how the season was going. And and that's the key. Depending yeah. on how the season is going. Now, I will say this. Let's go back to your comments about Jeff Weltman and, and John Hammond being Hammond and Weltman-esque. You're exactly right, because remember what happened with Jonathan Isaac. Sprained ankle. He's got a sprained ankle, right? Mm-hmm. He only plays 27 games in year one. Mo Bamba. 
was shut down with the stress fracture last year. That's their M.O., is to be cautious. Markel Fultz. thorough. More look at Markel Fultz. We won't hear a peep. I'm hearing great stuff about Markel Fultz. You are hearing great stuff? Good for you. great stuff. Good for you. I'm so gullible, though. I just want to believe it all. (laughs) I know you do, don't you? I hear one good thing about Markel Fultz. I'm like, all right, Hall of Fame. Right, right, right. But but going back to Chuma Okiki, look, I I get it from Jeff Welfman's standpoint as – as much as we Magic fans were upset on Twitter on Thursday night, right when the pick was made, I get it from his standpoint because Chuma Okiki probably would have been a lottery pick. That's what the experts tell us, right? That that he would have been a lottery pick had it not been for the knee injury. And I get it that some of you are concerned about him coming back from the ACL. Modern medicine tells us it's not as serious as it was in the past, what I know about this kid and read about this kid, I mean, this is the positionless prototype, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know, and I asked Jeff Weltman, and you'll get to hear that coming up, I asked Jeff Weltman, okay, basically, where was Chuma Okiki on your draft wish list? And he wouldn't answer that question. I have no idea whether he's one, whether he's two, whether he was three, but regardless, what you get is... The octopus, if you will, <laughs> right? Or what? That's what, what you it get, is. What, it's the it's the positionless prototype, defensive minded. He can shoot the ball. He shot thirty eight point seven from three and fifty from the field at Auburn. So he's a three and D guy. He's chiseled. You and I met him on uh, on Friday. Uh, oh, the, the, the kid is built. There's no question about. It. He's got an NBA body right he's now. He's wider than Isaac. Um, and and I think I, I think Bamba too. I mean, like he's. Yeah. He he has he has the NBA body. Yeah. I mean, he walked into the room, and I was just like, "Whoa, that's, with, that's with, a big guy." Yeah, with the uh, with the, uh, the well, knee brace, the, the knee brace yeah. on on over his pants. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't exactly remind you of Grant Hill back in 2000. But man, if someone there sends some me bad that memories. picture one more time, yeah, I know Grant huh? Hill just hobbling around. This is not Grant Hill. No, it's not Grant Hill. We know what he has. He yes. has an ACL, and you can come back from an ACL. Back in the day in 2000, we didn't know what Grant Hill had. We thought it was a just it was just a sprained ankle, and obviously turned into something a lot more complicated. But he's the prototype. He, yeah, he's the he's he's what six seven six eight. He's got the seven foot wingspan, which is right up Jeff Weltman's alley as well. And he could be the steal of this draft. So as upset as some Magic for Ma- Magic fans were at the outset, you know, after choosing this kid, because many people didn't have him on the board. I didn't have him on the board. You didn't have him on the board either, Nick. This kid makes a full recovery. And does become that player who was projected to be a lottery pick, yes, this kid would likely be the steal of the 2019 NBA draft. Now, would I have done it? Do I have the onions to do this? I wouldn't have done it. I I would have taken your guy. My guy was Tyler Hero. He goes 13 overall to the Miami Heat. It had to be the Miami Heat, didn't it? Of all teams that take my guy, it had to be the dastardly You're going to get to watch him have a Hall of Fame career. I don't know about that, but your guy was up next, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and you're thinking, okay, here it is. Here comes Walker, and all of a sudden, Chumu Kiki's name is is red. That was a major surprise. Yeah, it was, and I I think what this draft really did for Magic fans is you got a a chance to see who actually watched guys in college, who actually pays attention in draft prep, and who is just kind of looking through some of the the lists for names that they know. And, I mean, I, I tweeted out immediately, man, this feels like a reach, because I remember seeing Okiki's name 
somewhere in the 30s, everywhere except ESPN's Kevin Pelton, who had him, I think, 14th or 15th on his draft board, thinking, wow, you could have probably traded back. Now, Jeff Weltman told us on Friday that other teams had called him, a team called him, a friendly GM called him and said, hey, you know, we would have taken him. And they, they wanted to make sure they got him. If that's your guy, if you are convinced Jeff Weltman is the one getting paid mm-hmm. to build this team, if that is your guy, mm-hmm. take him at 16. Trust that's, your gut, man. That's perfectly fine. Yep. Yes. And I think that the vitriol and anger coming from Magic fans, disappointment, whatever you want to call it, it's mainly, you know, it, it's kind of like the Daniel Jones pick for the New York Giants. If if Dave Gettleman thinks Daniel Jones is the next Hall of Fame quarterback or gut. he thinks he's the yep. one that's going to elevate the franchise, yep. Cool, and all of the outcry will be quieted when the guy gets on the field and plays, and the same thing for Chuma Okiki. So uh, at the end of the day, uh, my first reaction was who? Mm-hmm. At the you know w- When we work our way through it, if you were to create a player in a lab uh, that's not Giannis Adetokounmpo, yeah. that fits what Jeff Weltman looks, for, looks like, yeah, this is it. It's Chuma Okiki, 6'8", yep. 7'1", wingspan, 200-and-something pounds. Yep. He can shoot the basketball. And by the way, all of the experts, I read through all of the mock draft reaction and all that stuff, I have not seen anyone killing the Magic, no, the experts nobody. for this. Nobody. I, I've seen a lot of A's, a lot of B's yep. when it comes to draft grading. I know uh, the Ringer wrote up a nice piece about how the Magic found a versatile shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that those guys tell us how Magic fans should be feeling, which is you may have gotten a steal in the draft. Well, look, I, I think in the last podcast – um, we talked about the history of the 16th pick in the NBA draft, and it's not good. It's not good at all, you know? And and again, Hall of Famer John Stockton, right? 16th pick back in the day. Nick Vucevic was the 16th overall pick. But there are 20 Justin Pattons and Lucas Nogueras and Luke Babbitts for every one of those guys. So the history is not good. And the more you think about this, Nick, why not? If you – if look – Jeff Weltman has three more years to get this right and probably will have a, uh, mm-hmm. an extra year or two added on to that contract. But but he's got three more years on a five-year deal, okay? And, and he's told us from the get-go, I'm going to do this right. I'm going to do this the old-fashioned way. I'm going to build with my guys. This is Jeff Weltman's team. He's got to do it his way. And if he likes something out of uh, Chuma Okiki's game, and, and this kid would have been a lottery pick, would have been a lottery pick if he didn't tear his ACL. You've got to trust your eyes. You've got to trust your gut. Again, I wouldn't have done it. I would right. have taken your guy, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I would have, too. I would have, too, but I'm not Jeff Weltman. Right. I would have taken Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I would have tried to fill that kind of off-guard, shooting guard spot post-Evan Fournier. Uh, you know, maybe in case, as, a, as a Terrence Ross, we're going to talk free agency here in a minute, uh, ty- type of uh, insurance. That's what I would have done. But Jeff Weltman, the only the only thing that bothers me about this, you have another power forward now. I, I mean, and I I love the long athletic thing. I met Jeff Weltman for the first time on Friday in that interview room, and what, what did I say to him? Positional length, man, big fan. And well, but, Jeff Jeff laughed. Yeah, Jeff laughed he's, because he he's knows a good dude. he really is a good dude. Number one, I, I'm I'm rooting for him. I hope this pick works out. But the more I thought about it, Thursday night on into Friday, the more you understand the pick. To say that I absolutely love the pick, I mean, how can you love the pick when the kid isn't likely going to play next year? But 
you understand it. I'm I'm more comfortable with it today than I was last week. Mm-hmm. You understand it from his standpoint. He gets that six eight kid who's got a seven foot wingspan and can play multiple positions and guard multiple positions because that's what this league is all about. And even yes. Steve Clifford, the Magic head coach, came out on the news conference last week saying, "Look, this w- this is what our league is about now. This is who our dudes are. Look dudes at Toronto. Like this. Look at Toronto. Toronto, Toronto Golden puts State. Five yeah. guys out there who can play." on either side of the court. so Because it's all pick and rolls now. Yeah. This whole league is a pick and roll league, so you need to be able to switch defensively. and that's So you need athletic guys that can guard multiple positions. I think it was Jeff Weltman who, who said to you, you know, he can guard, what, four through two, four through one maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's going to stay in front of a lot of the point guards in this league, but uh, you need to have that versatility, and that's yeah. what Jeff Weltman is chasing. Uh, the one thing I will say is mm. I think that this puts Aaron Gordon in a very – a uh, precarious wow. position. You you came out with that hot take on Friday. It's not a hot I, take. I'm not I'm not there yet, dude, because we we got a whole year likely that this kid is going to be off. Exactly. So, so we we've got a long way to go, but you're right, there is a glut of so-called power forwards on this team I right just, now with Isaac Gordon and Okiki. I don't think Jonathan Isaac's going anywhere. Uh Jeff Weltman, John Hammond, they drafted Jonathan Isaac. Mm-hmm. I think Jonathan Isaac showed that he took a huge step in year 2. Yep. Uh they did not draft Aaron Gordon. The contract Aaron Gordon signed is a, hey, we're going to trade you it's in the future contract. Deal. Yes. Yep. And as soon as Okiki is ready to get going, that contract gets extremely cheap. Mm. I think in the headed into the final year of Aaron Gordon's contract, okay. which is two years from now, yeah. the offseason two years from now, I think that you will see the team move to trade him. That's what I think. Okay. Um, and, and that is we're just looking, way we're from the looking outside looking in. Two years down the road here. At, 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 at least. Hey, two I'm, years I'm down so the road. far in front. I'm you actually really behind. are. That, that's why you are Nikki Football. It's, it's the race. It's the race to, to the hot take. That's what it is. It's just a race. Let's get into free agency here quickly, because yeah. um, that conversation with Jeff Weltman is coming up here. Uh, we may be in the last week of the Nick Vucevic era here in Orlando. Free agency starts on Sunday. Uh, we will have all the reaction for you guys on all of that uh, as it as it kind of happens and unfolds. But uh, Scotty, th- this. This is going to be interesting because yeah. you and I were talking before we started the podcast. Um, the Nick Vucevic market has gone from hot to cold to cooling to hot, and and you get the Adrian Wojnarowski report during the draft mm. that Boston, Al Horford probably on his way out. Yep. Aaron Baines traded. He ends up in Phoenix, right? Yep. To Phoenix, yep. um, which leaves Boston with one center on their roster and its second-year yeah. man, Robin uh, Robert Williams the third, the Time Lord. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for a center, and Nick Vucevic's name has has been mentioned. Why wouldn't it be mentioned? Um, that it's going to be very interesting to see what happens here. We've often asked the question over the last number of months: What's the market for Nick Vucevic? I think I think we're seeing that come to light right now. Mm-hmm. At first, we were talking about Dallas, and we were talking uh, about Sacramento and the L.A. Lakers prior to the Anthony Davis trade. That has kind of weeded out. Sacramento apparently is not interested in Nick Vucevic anymore. The Lakers, maybe if they can get him dirt cheap, and I don't think that's going to happen with with Boston dangling out there right now. Sacramento apparently is not interested. Dallas is very, very quiet right now for whatever reason, but Dallas is another team that has uh, a slew of cap room. But when, when you're looking at Boston here, why is Danny Ainge doing what he's doing? Al Horford? Not being signed for that 
one-year deal. They couldn't come to terms on uh, uh, a full-year deal, a, a multiple-year deal. So right, he Al opted Horford out will, of his will, player will opt option. Out of that one year, what it would thirty-one and a half million or something like that. Right, and according to reports, he has four-year deals on the table um, for probably a little less annually, right. but he right. has the four years worth of security. And that and that's a guy in Al Horford who is correct me if I'm wrong, thirty. Three thirty-four years of age right now, something like that. I think it's thirty-three. He is. He, he's at. Yeah, he turned thirty-three, 33. Uh, about twenty days ago. Okay, all right, thirty-three years of age, and here you have Nikola Vucevic, who's twenty-eight, soon to be twenty-nine. Uh, Nick would tell you he's entering the prime of his career, even though he came into the NBA early out of USC. Boston trades Aaron Baines earlier this week. Uh, we all know what's going on with Kyrie Irving. We talked about Al Horford. Is Trader Danny now centering, focusing, zeroing in on our guy, Nikola Vucevic? I- I'm looking at all the tea leaves out there, Nick. I can't come up with any other equation for this. Any other thing? I think Danny Ainge is going to go after Nick Vucevic and go after him hard. Now, what will that number be? We always talk about the number. Right, we always talk about what what is the number going to be for Nick Vucevic. Well, Boston could offer him what is it, four years, one hundred and forty million dollars. Would Boston do that? I doubt that very oh, seriously. Thirty-five million dollars a year. I doubt that very seriously. Do they even have that cap space? I don't well, think they with, do. Well, with Horford and Irving off the books, I oh, believe okay. they would. So they're going to blow it all on Nick Vucevic. Because look, I mean, yeah, what, you, what age is what year is this? What? <sighs> $35 million a year for Nick Vucevic. Like, what world Dude, are we living I, I in? Hear you. No, no, well, look, we both love Vuce and what he did last year, but I think we both agree four years, 140 mil. I've seen too much, man. Woo! No, I hear you. I've I, just seen too much. I, I, I love what Vuce did. I want Nick Vucevic back. But if Boston, if Danny Ainge comes forth with a four-year, $140 million mm-hmm. deal, unfortunately, if you're Jeff Weltman, guess what? You got to shake Vuce's hand. And say, enjoy New England in the wintertime, buddy. Yeah, I think you're right. If if the offers are there for Nick Vucevic and it's over the number that Jeff Weltman wants, then you just you got to move on. You got to say thanks. We appreciate the time. Don't forget, I mean, we've been talking about Aaron Gordon, how the Magic or how Jeff Weltman didn't draft him. They did not draft or trade for. They didn't trade for Nick Vucevic. They didn't sign Nick Vucevic. Uh, Jeff Weltman has wanted to make this team in his own kind of fingerprint. And Nick Vucevic may or may not be part of part of that necessarily. Uh, let's get to Terrence Ross here quickly before your conversation yeah. with uh, Jeff Weltman coming up here on the podcast. But uh, Terrence Ross, uh, for as much as we've heard about Nick Vucevic, I think there's been less news about Terrence Ross because Terrence Ross fits everywhere. So there's not as much no. of a, hey, Terrence Ross, this is a a big flashing arrow towards where he could end up because with just about any team that has cap space, they could sign Terrence Ross. Yeah, I agree. We we hear the Lakers a lot, but you're absolutely right. Terrence Ross with that three-point shot and the way he played last year for the Magic fits anywhere. Um, I think because you did not in the draft go out and address your major need, which is scoring, I think that makes Terrence Ross even more valuable to the Orlando Magic as it stands right now. I think he becomes extremely valuable to the Orlando Magic. And again, I don't know what the number is going to be, but me choosing Chuma Okiki with that 16th overall pick and not a Nikhil Alexander-Walker mm-hmm. or not, you know, my guy Tyler Hero who went again to the Heat at, at 13, I think that puts a premium on a guy who can fill it up, uh, a guy who fill it up 
uh, off the bench last year in Terrence Ross, he becomes even more valuable. So what does that mean in terms of the number? I think it increases the number, the minimum number that I am willing to pay a Terrence Ross. But to me, I'm not going to say that he becomes the priority, but it it's closer now between Nick Vucevic and Terrence Ross. Like, I, I, I thought over the last number of months, Nick Vucevic is the number one priority. After the draft, I thought, okay, I think this, this, choosing Okiki, makes Terrence Ross a lot more valuable to the Orlando Magic because who on this roster, Nick, who on this roster is going to be able to, to light it up from three and create off the dribble, create off a screen, just create, period? Nobody. There isn't one. No, there nobody. isn't one. This was the this was the guy that you gave the ball to all season and said, "Hey, f, 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 sort of a lift off the bench. We need some sort of an offensive, uh, you know, shock. Yeah. Get us going." He shot fifty four percent from the right corner last year from three. Is that right? Yeah, fifty four percent. Um, he he made uh, what is it thirty nine percent of his threes from the left wing. This was a guy from outside, just lit it up all year long from the mid range, lit it up all year long. Uh, the magic. If he if he goes somewhere else in free agency, I don't know where the points are going to come from. Well, I don't because I don't think Wesley Wandu is going to fill that. I I just I don't know where where I don't know where it comes from. Yeah, I we talked about a maximum a maximum number for Nikola Vucevic and whatever that maximum number is, be it a hundred million. I'm not quite sure where that maximum number is now for Terrence Ross. And look, you you were the guy who said Terrence Ross is the MVP of the Orlando Magic this he past is. year. I he went was. with Vooch, but. Now, I think because of your predicament, because the Magic are salary cap strapped, if you will, and not able to go out and sign another free agent, Terrence Ross becomes that much more important to your organization. I'm not going to say he's just as important as Vooch, but mm-hmm. but it's it's right there, Nick. You have to bring back Terrence Ross. So this is a guy that made $10 million last year. Yeah. Where, where do you think the market is I, for someone like him? Man. I think it's somewhere around 15 Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I, I was going to say 15, but I mean, man, the, these types of guys, especially guys who come off the bench, Nick. How many times have we talked about that last year in, in terms of Terrence Ross having the self-awareness and putting his ego to the side mm-hmm. and coming off the bench and not having any problem with that? This this guy played extremely well last year. Uh, he was a major difference maker for the Orlando Magic. Stayed healthy pretty much the entire year, which he is did. very unusual for him. Yeah. Um, you you cannot lose Terrence Ross. I don't I don't know what that number is. Is it fifteen? Is it seventy? Is it twenty for Terrence Ross? Will I don't the think Magic get that high. Would the Magic be willing to do twenty if there's somebody else out there offering a, a similar deal? So like three years, sixty. I dude, I because I I I think it's somewhere around three years, forty five. Somewhere around there. Ideally, I t- I'll take that's, that. That's what I would like. I'll you, take that. He's I'll take guy. that right now. But I I just don't. You don't know what the market's going to right. be. Right, I, I, and I, Terrence I, Ross is is kind of in that second echelon after the the he is. you know the first guys go by the all stars and then and then it's the Nick Vucevic's and the Terrence Rosses of the world next. Yeah, no, I agree. I spoke with Keith Smith of uh, Yahoo Sports NBA, uh, who's very well uh, very well plugged into what's going on, especially here in Orlando because he's an Orlando resident. Um, and you were on vacation during this time, uh, and he told us that he that Terrence Ross prefers Orlando. I mean, if you see his social media, it's all in Orlando Magic gear. He yeah. did a charity event. We talked about that on the last podcast episode. 
um, that he prefers stay here in Orlando. So I think if you're the Magic and you offer him something like 15 a year, which would be a 50% increase from what he was making the last season, I think you're going to be in a good spot. And it's it's I also, hope, I hope. with all of these guys, I don't care about the money. You're going to go over the cap. You're yep. going over the cap because yep. you don't have your your the the Mozgov deal sucks. Yeah. Okay, like that's <laughs> and and Mozgov is going to come off after this year. Yep. Thank you, summer of 2016. Yes. The Evan Fournier contract is up in two years. Maybe you can trade him in a year. I care about the years. Yeah. So if I can get Vooch and Ross both here in Orlando, guaranteed for three years or maybe four, and then they're ready to hand it off to the Isaacs, the Bombas, the Okikis. And the Gordons, let's say, all four of those guys, the young core, the Fultzes, then you're in a good spot. Yeah. I just don't want to see the Magic give up a five-year deal. And I don't think I Jeff Weltman's going to. No, I don't I don't think so either. Another thing to keep in mind, I know we're going to get to the Jeff Weltman interview Yeah, here. we're going long again because that's what uh, we do. Uh, that's what we do. Um, keep in mind, Terrence Ross is a West Coast guy. He is. He, he's, he, he's from the University of Washington. He's played his NBA career in Toronto and Orlando. Where's he from? Like Spokane, right? He's is he a, from, he's from a Washington there. guy. He and Isaiah Thomas, I think, are from just, the same just town. Keep, I, just keep that in mind. He is a West Coast guy. I want to see him back. Terrence Ross told me he'd like to be back in Orlando. Oh, no, he's a Long Beach and, guy. And it, it, he's a Long Beach guy? Yeah, okay. Long Beach, California. As much as these guys tell you it's not about the money, it's about the money, so we'll see what happens, but I certainly hope that Terrence Ross is back. Okay, big week. Uh, likely we will give you another episode at some point in time this week as things develop, heat up for free agency. Maybe we'll do like a uh, – I'm going to produce this live while we're taping here. We'll do like a predictions pod or something where all, right. all these guys end up. We'll do something like that. And uh, coming up next, uh, we will have Scott Inez's conversation with Orlando Magic President of Basketball Operations, Jeff Weltman. That's coming up next. He is the boss, the – President of Basketball Operations Jeff Weltman, you surprised us all, man. Good for you. You you kind of you went off the board, but obviously you didn't go off your board. That was the guy that you wanted, Jeff, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, Scott, it's funny going off the board, whatever that means these days. Because <laughs> first of all, the draft gets so flat. It really is. Uh, different teams like different players, but also the way that quote unquote the board forms itself is largely through like mock drafts and this sort of stuff and I can tell you for a fact I just spoke to uh, another GM it was a few picks behind us today said they would they would have taken him if you were there interesting and um, I really don't believe that um, this pick was as much of an outlier as maybe um, the perception of the media had had um, made it seem to be I think that um, oftentimes the guys that you don't hear about, yeah. <laughs> they're the risers. Right. Those are the guys that the league is 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 looking at. Right. And so Chuma's one of those guys, man. I just think Chuma was, um, you know, we, we our whole group liked him throughout the whole process. We had targeted him, uh, you know, well before he was injured, and um, um, you know, stuck with him through that, and uh, um, you know, really, really excited that we could come away with a guy like him. You talk about the process, and you're a big process guy. Um... Obviously, he couldn't go through the workouts because of what happened in the NCAA tournament. So how did you align your process with the fact that he couldn't come down and, and work out, Jeff? He did come in for a visit, and, um, you know, he was everything that we thought he would be. Um, you know, humble, um, team-oriented, serious, um, all the things that we look for. And, um, you know, he, he's put together an impressive body of work. You know, you watch him play, you, you can – tell a little bit about the person by the way that he plays that's that's you know our philosophy and then meeting with him and um 
obviously getting comfortably, uh, getting comfortable medically with, with his whole situation. Um, it was, it was an easy call for us. President of basketball operations, Jeff Weltman, patience is a virtue. I don't have much of it. You, you have, you, my friend have the patience of Job. Um, how much of that goes into not only what we've seen with Jonathan Isaac missing 27 games last year, Mo Bamba missing part of the season last year as a rookie, and now you've got a kid who comes in who may or may not play in his first year here in Orlando. How much does that word patience factor into what you did last night in, in, in taking Chuma? Yeah. Well, I would say that, you know, we're trying to be patient and we're trying to be consistent. And, you know, we want to bring in the right kind of people long range. I've said it from the time that we got here. Um, we're not going to make short-sighted decisions. Everything we do um, is to is to put together a team that's going to grow, grow together with the right sort of people, the right talent level. And um, that doesn't happen overnight. It does. It just doesn't. It doesn't happen that way in this league. And uh, patience is a big part of the draft. You know, if, if, if you're – if you don't want to be patient, trade the pick for a player. You know, if you're going to enter into the draft, do so knowingly that, you know, you're drafting a young guy who is going to go through a whole new world of experiences and he's going to have to adjust to a new level and everything that comes with that. It's not just on the court. Um, and obviously uh, with Chuma, there was an injury to be factored in as well. But it's all the same thing. Patience is patience. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we're ready to ride ride it with him, and, and we believe in him, and um, we're really excited to have him. Uh, earlier you talked about the story about speaking with another general manager in the league who said, hey, we would have grabbed him later on uh, in, in the draft. Are you thinking that at that particular point last night to where, okay, we're zeroing in on this guy. Like, we want this guy. What? I have to do my due diligence. Was there were there any other guys on your list before Chuma last night? Well, you know, every every team has a, a draft board, and you draft off the board as the players get called out. So um, obviously, that's not something that I can you know talk about. Sure. But I will say this: we were um, presented with many opportunities to move back, and according to you know the pundits, um, we should have been able to move back many many spots and still be able to pick Chuma. Right. But we didn't believe that was the case. We believed that, you know, that there were teams laying in the weeds, that if we were to trade back, you know, we didn't know how many spots, one, two, three, four, five, that he would not be there for us to the point where we traded back to. And um, so we stuck we stuck to our guns. We picked him where we, where, we, where we were originally slotted to pick at 16. And then I get a couple calls today, and I, I think we were right. I yeah. think that had we moved back, you know, very much at all we would have lost him so um you know uh we feel good about it and you know at some point when you like a guy you just pick him you don't get too fancy yeah you don't try to squeeze every you know uh drop of juice from the orange just be happy that a guy that you that you like is there in the draft right drive home happy that night and and you like him despite sort of a a glut of forwards on this team a lot of magic fans are saying okay we're when he is ready to play, where is he going to play, knowing that you have Isaac and you have Aaron Gordon? What, what are your thoughts about that, Jeff? Well, you know, here are my thoughts. You never, you never uh, uh, expect a rookie to come in and play immediately. That's, that's not um, the way this league generally works. And I'm hoping that we're getting to a place with our team. Obviously, we have some work to do this summer on July 1. But I'm hoping that we're getting to a place with our team that – when you're a good team, guys don't just come in and take a spot. 
You know, they have to wait their turn and they have to watch how watch how it works and, and, and see what winning looks like. And I know, um, you know, the, the, my last stop in Toronto, we brought a lot of guys in and that's how it works. You know, that's that's a good team. That's the way it, that's the way it works on a good team. And um, I'm hoping that we're turning the corner to become that team. Now, obviously, um, if someone comes in and, and is just right out of the gates, ready to go, then, hey, <laughs> Then, then we have to study that, and, and, and that's a good problem to have. Yeah. Having too many good players is a good problem. So, uh, you know, we don't, we don't worry about that stuff going into the draft. If you start to select for positions in the draft, especially as you get further down, you really limit your opportunities and your windows of, of you know, drafting um, successful career players. All right, very quickly, I know we have a limited time, but talk to me about free agency. Obviously, that begins here very, very shortly. What is the plan for free agency? Nick Vucevic, Terrence Ross, unrestricted. There's talk about Boston possibly being interested in Vooch. Didn't draft a shooting guard, so maybe Terrence Ross becomes a little bit more valuable to you. What's the plan in free agency going forward here, boss? Well, honestly, Scott, nothing different than what we said the whole summer, which is um, those two guys are our priorities. Um, we'd like to bring them back. Um, you know, we do feel that we've uh, established a togetherness and a way that this team can function up, and we'd like to, um, you know, bring that into next season and the seasons beyond. But, um, you know, free agency is uh, wildly unpredictable, and, um, you know, we have another week or so before we kind of dive into that pool, but we are preparing for it. As a matter of fact, I would tell you that um, even a good portion of our time the last few weeks as we've been uh, draft preparations – um, have been also geared towards free agency. So um, we're ready for it, I think. <laughs> and, um, you know, we'll attack it. And, and you know, we you know priority one would be to bring this group back and build on the success that we had last season. Let's do it. This is going to be fun. Well, Jeff, you fooled us all. Uh, great <laughs> job last night in fooling us all, going off our board, but certainly not off your <laughs> board. Thanks so much for stopping by. And let's go get them in free agency, boss. All right? Let's do it. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. That was Orlando Magic President of Basketball Operations Jeff Weltman with Scott Inez um, on Friday when they introduced Chuma Okiki to the media and Orlando Magic fans who they took with the 16th overall pick. Uh, a lot uh, that, that they talked about there. We will recap some of that on our next podcast, of course. But uh, in the words of Jeff Weltman, Okiki was their guy. And now they have their guy. Uh, when we will see him will be the big question. And where Nick Vucevic and Terrence Ross and some other free agents are going to end up is the next big question. All things we will cover, get into on the next episode of the Heart and Hustle podcast. If you are listening for the first time, thanks. Welcome to the family. Nick Ronowitz here. He's Scott Inez. You can follow him on Twitter at Inez Says. Listen to him on ESPN 580 Orlando FM 96.5 HD2. 4 to 6 p.m. weekdays, and you can hear me with Scotty and 6 to 8 p.m. in the evenings on my own shows. You can follow me on Twitter at ESPN 580. Nick will be back later this week to get you ready for free agency next week as well to recap all of that. But until then, go Magic! Orlando 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 Mag